Good evening. Today is January 9th, 2023, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is A Vision for You, and our speaker tonight is Ian F. Thank you, Ian. Hi, Ian F., compulsive overeater. Very grateful to be here. Thank you all for being here. Um, burned me a little bit when you said 2023. No, it's crazy. Um, I'm just gonna, there's a, the opening of this chapter is really, is really special to me. Um, for most normal folks, drinking means conviviality, companionship, and colorful imagination. It means release from care, boredom, and worry. It is joyous intimacy with friends and a feeling that life is good. So, I think, um, this is something that isn't talked about very much uh, in OA. It's this idea of the conviviality and the, the friendship that, that food brings, um, at least that I, that I used to, to think that it brings me. What they're talking about, the things they were just talking about, I had not experienced in my life until I was 19 when I started working this program conviviality, friendship, colorful imagination. Um, I think a big part of addiction and my experience has been I want so badly to contribute to life. I want to have friends. I want to spend time with people. I want to be a useful member of society. And I'm just too... I'm too afraid, <laughs> I'm too obsessed with myself to be able to do that in any meaningful way. But the moment that I have a, you know, a party refreshment or um, I can sneak into the kitchen of someone's house and grab something, just like that, I'm there. And, and it was insane to me when I realized that food for me it's not just like this makes me feel good I like to eat it it's actually when I put this in my body my inhibitions are lowered all the anxiety that I have is gone my judgment leaves me <laughs> I'm suddenly the funniest person in the room right <laughs> that stuff that people talk about with alcohol it's true for me and my experience with food as well. But those things that, that, I, that I chased, um, genuine human connection, um, joy, imagination, uh, fellowship. And I don't just mean like the OA version. I mean like feeling like I have people around me who are, who are family, who are friends, who I can confide in, who I can spend time with. I didn't have any of that. I couldn't have any of that unless I put something in my body. And the issue with, with that is that at first a little bit did it, and then I needed more. <laughs> and then I needed more and more and more. And suddenly I found myself eating in such a way that I couldn't possibly contribute to society, you know, where I was so skinny that I couldn't, I was literally having an out-of-body experience or I was 
eating so much that I was going number two on myself in public. I mean, like that's, that's where I was. Um, and so when they talk about conviviality and, and joy and friendship, um, that just hits me so deep because I wanted that so bad. And this chapter, it talks about something that when I was coming into the rooms, I swore I would never find. Um, and I, I, I don't like talking about my age very much in OA meetings because the truth is that you can recover working this program, working these steps, regardless of your age, um, regardless of your gender, regardless of your race. You know, it, all it takes is honesty and willingness and desperation. Um, but when I came to the program, I heard people talk about fellowship. I heard them talking about friends. And I looked at the people in a way, and I was like, most of these people are women over 40. I'm not going to have any friends here. What are you talking about? And, you know, you can, there's, that's kind of funny, you know, <laughs> but the other part of that is I wanted so bad to have a friend. I didn't have any friends. That doesn't mean I didn't have any people who considered me friends. I mean, I didn't feel like there was anybody in my life that I could connect to, that I was connected to. And coming in here, I thought that that would not change. And I was in the, I was in the rooms for about a year and a half before I actually started working this program. And at that point, I was just too desperate to think about it. You know, I was just like, I am doing something to my body that is terrifying me. I have no control over it. And I need help. And I don't care what it looks like. And I don't care what I have to do. And I worked the steps. I admitted my powerlessness. I came to believe in a power greater than myself. I turned that over. I do that every day, by the way. Step three, it's a daily thing. But the thing that they start talking about in a vision for you is this guy goes into, I think it's a hotel, and he sees a bar. <laughs> and he's alone. Um, and he sees a bar. In a, in a directory and he starts thinking about man I'm not going to have any friends or any connection on this business trip that I'm on unless I go into that bar unless I have that bite of sugar whatever it is and that scares you that scares me I don't want to live a life where I'm not connected to anybody and what he ends up doing is he actually goes and he, he calls the church he gets on a directory and he calls the church and he finds um, an alcoholic who needs help. And one of the things I'm not going to quote it, I'd have to find it. And that would be, um, I'm too lazy for that. But in this chapter, what they talk about is you start off working with new people because you need to work with new people to spiritually grow so that you won't relapse because relapse means death. And that's how I felt when I first recovered and I started working with new folks. I was like, I need to do this. I need to do this or I'm going to die, you know. And every time I was trying to explain to someone, this is what the disease is like. Don't you get it? Don't you see? I couldn't do it from any perspective other than just fear. And that was one of the biggest lessons I learned. There was a, there was a switch, though. You do that enough. I do that enough. 
And I realized how small my world was. Something they talk about in this book, and I think it's so important, is you stop working this program, living this way, because you're afraid of what will happen when you don't. And you start working this program because you love what happens when you do. And that's not just like a grammatical or semantic difference. That is a life-changing experience. Um, I was uh, I was with a friend recently one of my favorite people in a way and I was asked why do you why do you want to hang out with me and that almost like <laughs> that almost brought me to tears you know and the truth was and I would never have imagined that I would say this before I love you and I said that so many times when I was, you know, when I was eating and I meant it as in, I think you're cool. I like you and I like that you pay attention to me. And that's a very different thing. But there was something I never, ever had in my life before I started working this program. And that was, I love people. I love the world as it is. I'm living in reality today. And I like it. Because that's what it's about, right? I, I hear people say that the term God with skin on, and I think um, I understand that. I personally don't enjoy using that. I don't, I don't relate to it. And I think part of that is because all of you, all of my favorite people, in a way, in the world, but in a way, are incredibly mortal. And, you know, when I was talking about it, I was afraid I wouldn't be able to make any friends because I'm a man and because I'm very young. What I have found is that I have the gift of living in a reality. And friendship and connection does not mean that I am going to give and take on equal terms. You know, I'm not going to be the same person. I'm not going to be the same friend. Um, to a 40-year-old woman that another 40-year-old woman would be in, for example, right? But I am going to be the friend that a 20-year-old man can be to that person who is also an addict. The gift of this program is that I can meet other people where they are as I am. I can go through life honestly. And I don't have to make excuses. And I don't have to lie to save face. I'm allowed to make mistakes and I'm allowed to accept them. I do it all the time. I mess up constantly and I'm still afraid. And sometimes I do lie to save face and I have to admit that was a lie. And I get angry. But at this point, I understand that that is, that is part of me being human. And I accept where I am falling short and I can let it go and learn. And that's a, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. And, and they're, they're talking, the title of the chapter is a vision for you. How hopeless the disease of addiction feels is, it's impossible to explain to someone who hasn't experienced it. It just really is. And the idea that they're presenting here 
a vision for you means that there's something that you can do to have a future that's worth having. Trudge the road of happy destiny, right? That's a great line. I love that line so much. Trudge the road of happy destiny. Happy destiny meaning you're going to have a life worth living. Trudging it meaning it's not going to be easy. And it's never easy. That's not true. It's not never easy. It's rarely easy. <laughs> like most of the most beautiful things I do in my life today scare the ever-living crap out of me. They really do. Like today, I was put in a new department where I work. They put me in electrics. And I had to get on a 20-foot ladder and take down a 50-pound projector at this angle, right? And that scared the crap out of me. I really thought I was going to die. But I got down from that ladder and I looked at, I looked at one of my friends, one of my coworkers, and I said, that was really fun. I want to do that again. That's what this program is like. It's terrifying. And you have to get, you have to get up on this thing. You don't know what's going to work. You don't know how it works. And you're afraid that it's not going to be okay, but you have to do it anyway because you don't have another option. And inevitably, every time it ends up okay. Not necessarily how you expect it to, but it ends up okay. And um, I still do that. I mean, like, like being recovered does not mean that you don't have to do that. Like, I'm, I am terrified constantly. And I have to do things constantly that scare me. And every time I do it, I feel better. But it doesn't mean that it's not scary. And the, the vision that they talk about, I truly believe, is learning every day to accept that hardship in life and see in the sadness and the pain and the frustration and the anger the beauty in that stuff too. The grace in this program is not when you're happy. The happiness is wonderful. The joy is wonderful. I have laughed so many times talking to so many people on this meeting. And I've had so many experiences I couldn't have dreamed of having. I can dance at clubs now without being super self-conscious about it. I can play games with friends. You know, I have a job that I love. That stuff is great. The grace in this program is when you're falling. It's in the pain, you know. It's in, it's in knowing that you're going to be okay and knowing that you have people. These are my people. I love my friends outside of OA. I do. They're stupid, <laughs> but I love them, right? I, I, I love being with them, but I know if I spend a day without working this program, without talking to one of you, it's not like I'm going to die. I'm not afraid. But I do feel like I miss my sick people. I just do. Because well and truly, like, these, the, the people on this meeting, the people in a way, the, the phone calls, that stuff, it's not just a checklist. It's the bright spot of my life. That's the stuff that I love to do. 
And if I think about fellowship, like if I think about someone who was raised playing basketball and that's like the love of their life, they're gonna love talking to other people who like basketball. That's a stupid metaphor. It's the one that came to mind. For me, it doesn't matter what the other people look like. I raised, I lived my entire life being an addict, living with that, living with that loneliness, living with that pain. And I've spent a little over a year now living in the joy and the, and the, oh, I love the basketball reaction. That's great. <laughs> in the joy and the, the companionship of this program, those are the people I want to spend my time with. And the stuff that they talk about, the working with others, it's not work. Oh my God. I would rather spend all day on meetings and calling folks and being of service than I would playing video games and going out to the club. Not because I don't love those things, but because this is where it's at. This is just how my brain has been programmed. That is where that is where this has taken me, is that I love this. I love you. I love OA. I love life. And this is how I live. It's not, it's not a thing that I, I pick up in the morning and then I pick up in the evening when I get to a meeting. This is a way of life full of love and full of pain and full of everything that's in this book. Read this book. Seriously, read it. It's awesome. It's great. Three minutes in. Three minutes. Thank you. <laughs> and, if, and if you have, if you doubt me still, understand that my friends are out playing basketball right now and going to clubs right now. And I'm on here talking about the big book, which was written in the 1930s <laughs> by a, I don't know, 40 year old man. I don't know how old he was. That's how valuable this is. There is not a single person here who does not have it in them to recover. There's not. And if you're not desperate enough, you will be at one time or another. And that's okay, you know. People, people come into this program when they come into this program. And I, I tell people often, if they say, I kind of still want to eat pizza, I say, go eat pizza. I don't care. When you're ready for this, come back. We'll be here. There's no place on this road that you can't just jump in and start walking. We're going to be there with you. You know, nothing exempts you from this. You do have to work. You do have to change yourself entirely, which is a big deal. But the thing that you will not find you lack is love and support. Not a one will you find that lacking. That's about all I've got to say. I know I have a couple minutes left, but I'm I'm gonna um, leave that uh, alone. <laughs> I love you all. Thank you for having me, um, and I will pass. Wow! Thank you so much. That you are just so inspiring. I, I love every time hearing you share, Ian. Thank you. And now we will. Um, Sorry, we will open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares as this is a big book study sharing and questions 
should relate specifically to the chapter a vision for you and um or the step being studied this week we ask you to accept the guideline in order to keep the meeting on track if you'd like to share or ask a question please raise your virtual hand which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone and the leader will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Would Angela please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up? If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. Okay. Okay, I see Eileen. Will you share with us? Sure. Hi. <laughs> Um, Eileen, recovering compulsive overeater. Hello, everybody. Um, Ian, thank you so much for your share. Thank you, me, for being awesome to ask you to share. Um, <laughs> I definitely know how to pick them. Um, I, um, I really related, it hit home when you had shared about your friend asking you like, why do you like me or why are you friends with me? Uh, because that is my story um, my entire life of asking my friends, why are you, you know, why are you friends with me? Um, because of me being overweight my whole life, I was always wondering why people were friends with me. I mean, it was based on my weight um, as, you know, being overweight my entire life. I just assumed there was another reason um, that you would like me. Um, and it's interesting um, as the birthday party is coming up. And I know that other people have been sharing about this and I have shared about this with my sponsor. Um you know, there's a lot of body image issues that are coming up for me and what are people going to think about me and people that I even have seen before. And I don't look the way I used to. And because my thing is that weight, weight, if you don't, if I don't look a certain way, then I'm not going to be loved. Um, even though that's not what I was, I mean, I wasn't, that's not the way I grew up, but that's the message that I learned from my peers and so that's, that's the message that I am afraid of, um, because I, I'm going to be seeing so many people that I love. Um, but the truth is that like, I don't feel that way about anybody, you know, like I, I don't care what anybody looks like. I love people no matter what, but you know, the rules are different for me. Um, so I, um, I am in LA by the way, cause I live here and I do want to give you a heads up that it is raining right now. <laughs> which is kind of a big bummer, but <laughs> it's still going to be great to see everybody this weekend who, who is coming in. Um, but it's just, you know, it's really humbling to say that I, I'm still, you know, I'm in recovery, I'm recovered and, um, body image issues are still in effect. And I still have that same stuff of, will I still be loved? not being the weight that I, not being the way I, I, I want to see myself. Um, God, that rain is coming down. So anyways, um, and I love this meeting and I love you are my people. And I say this all the time. So um, just really glad to be here. And thank you again, Ian.
Yvonne, will you share with us? I think Angela's first, but because she's a co-host oh. something, it oh, got okay. me I'll, okay. I'll Okay, Angela. Hi, will you share with us? You set the timer. Hey everyone, I'm Angela, gratefully recovered, compulsive overeater and bulimic. Um, all your beautiful faces, wonderful seeing everybody tonight. Thank you for everybody doing service. Uh, Ian, it was wonderful hearing you. I always love talking to you. Um, you know, you are, it's just, you know, some people just are that like bright light. And um, I related to so much uh, that I heard tonight. Uh, this idea that, you know, um, you know, it seems so weird that this is, you know, something that I really look forward to doing, you know, and, and it is, um, you know, this, this process of uh, living intentionally and living consciously, I heard you say, um, you know, it, it is, um, it's quite extraordinary, actually. Uh, one of the things that I'm like, lately um, talking about with program people is this ability, which was not possible before recovery, this ability to hold two things at the same time, right? I am holding this intense grief and sadness and, um, and uh, uh, just absolute, uh, you know, um, yeah, sadness for, uh, my relationship with my mom and what's happening with that and her declining and the whole thing. And in the other hand, at the same time, it is this immense joy. And I know I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be right now. And I know that um, I'm beginning to trust more and more uh, what I'm bringing into my life and how things are turning out. And so to hold those two things at the same time, it was not possible before recovery right? Because I would just go right down the rabbit hole because I couldn't deal with those feelings. And for today, I am kind of, you know, it is this, this vision uh, that we start living, you know, we, um, we recover to live and then we start living or we, we, we recover, we live to recover and then we recover to live. You know, we start living our life and we start appreciating these things in our life that are so precious. And, um, and I just, I related to so much what I heard and, um, you know, there is such gratitude in this room and such recovery in this room. And I loved also hearing that, um, we all have equal opportunity to recover here, right? If we show up and we, um, you know, we do the work, this is a proven workable method that will work for anybody, right? It's just a blueprint that we have to follow. So anyway, I thank you again, Ian. Um, beautiful, beautiful share. Thank you. Yvonne, will you share with us? Hi, everybody. Yvonne, recovered compulsive overeater up in Canada where it rains all the time. Um, so I will feel right at home if it's raining in LA. That's all good with me. It'll still be a lot warmer. Um, Ian, 
Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, your love of this program, your exuberance, your acceptance of all of us. And I'm a 60 something woman, not a 40 something woman. So, uh, and, and I still love talking with you and I love hearing you share every single time um, you share. I find it quite miraculous that, you know, you have found this place of peace um, at this age and it took me so long to get here but we like you said we get here when we're meant to get here and we walk the road that we're meant to, to walk um and i wanted to just say that i loved your message about you know if i want to eat more pizza go eat more pizza um that loving tolerant um just acceptance of everybody where they are is you know, what I strive for as well. And yet I find myself, it's like, no, 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 you got to listen to me. You got to believe this. You got to do this. And it's like, no, 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 Yvonne, that, you know, those frothy emotional appeals, I think the big book calls them. They never worked with me, but somehow I think that, you know, my frothy emotional appeal is, is going to be magical somehow. And they're going to go, of course, that is the solution I've been looking for. Of course, you're right. Um, And so, you know, there's just so many things uh, about the love and acceptance that you have and that you convey to us every time you share um, that I strive for. Um, and I will spend the rest of my time working towards. Um, and then I just I wanted to comment too on the, uh, I hope it's not crosstalk, the body image thing. It is so crazy. We are all up in our heads. I'm uh, the stuff going through my head about going to this birthday party and thank heavens there's somebody on this call who's going to rescue me when I get there and try to keep me out of my usual insane state. Uh, But it's like, oh my gosh, am I going to be the baddest person there? I'm not going to be the skinniest person there. Uh, Should I take a picture to prove that I was heavier at some point? It's like, do I need to validate myself? And it's just all these questions and, oh, it's a big mess. And you realize this is the stuff that tortured me all day, every day before. Um, Now it's, I save it up for special events, apparently. Um, But that's okay. That's progress. That means it's not happening every day when it's standing out this much. So um, like everybody has said, the fellowship of this group um, is amazing to me. I love coming here. I love seeing you all. I look forward to meeting all of you who are going to be in LA. Um, and I look forward to many, 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 many more weeks, months, and years in this room. Thank you. Hey, Liz, will you share with us? Hi, I'd love to. Hi, I'm Liz from New York, uh, compulsive overeater, recovered, thankfully. Um, I guess first, thank you for everybody doing service tonight meeting. And Ian, thank you so much for your share. That was perfect matching you up with a vision for you because you just kind of, you just like showed us what we could have with this program and um, talking about, you know, how you were before you came into program and how it really enriched your life. Um, Yeah, I mean, I was considerably older when I finally had that promise kind of come true for me and find this program. Um, And I was just, I was looking in the chapter where it talked about, the less people tolerated us, the more we withdrew from society and from life itself. 
um, boy, is that true. And um, as we became subjects of king food, I guess, shivering denizens of his mad realm, the chilling vapor that is loneliness settled down. It thickened, ever becoming blacker. Um, and some of us sat, sought out sordid places, hoping to find understanding. Yeah, I mean, that, that just hits home because I found this, I wanted to be isolated. I just turned away from my family from, I, I just, I wanted to be home alone all the time, just with the food, just with my self-pity and my darkness and my loneliness. Like I chose that. I, I was finding comfort somehow in that, even though it made me even more miserable, but um, thankfully a way fell in my lap. Higher power said, Hey, this is here for you. And it, Fit and it works. Um, I'm so thankful. I mean, I, I had um, kind of serious issues this fall, going lasting for months and months over a, a breakup, and trying to navigate being friends and starting to meet new people. And I, I was telling my sponsor this weekend, I've been doing ten steps on this since October, <laughs> and it's finally working. <laughs> Like it wasn't just do a 10 step next day. I'm fine. Like I finally, finally something's working and the miracles show up when you don't even expect them. And it's true what they say, keep coming back until you see, like don't leave before the miracle happens, whatever that phrase is. Um, it's true. Don't, it works. And I'm so grateful for all of you. Thank you very much. Betty, will you share with us? There we go. Hi, 